0: Do you hear yourself? That's about the seventh time in three weeks that you've said, I'm not a salesperson. Do you understand the value of your language when you you say, I'm not? And so that's a mindset shift.
1: Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Some of the most common crimes against a business include corporate fraud, embezzlement, and extortion. Perhaps the one that is not mentioned, and yet it happens to be the most common, is that of cyber crimes. Cyberattacks have become the more advanced, exposing vulnerabilities and leading to millions of dollars of intellectual property being stolen. And cybersecurity crimes don't happen with just large organizations. It also happens in the SMB space. Just last year in 2021, there have been several huge attacks, including the Canola pipeline with the ransom attack. There were hackers temporarily halted operations, causing energy crisis, and all sorts of stuff that was going on. Well, the organization Inventory had to pay $4.4 million in Bitcoin. CNA, one of the largest insurance groups in the world, paid out $40 million in ransomware. So JPS Foods, there's so many examples going on and on and on and on. Not to mention, how many hackers have profited off of the health pandemic? A study by Comparitech revealed that ransomware attacks on the healthcare sector led to over $20 billion in loss-impacted revenue, lawsuits, and ransom paid in the year 2020 alone. Wow. We're certainly glad to have our special guest here to speak about every organization's favorite topic around IT, security. So Jennifer is the founder and CEO at MSP Sales Revolution, where she helps managed service providers grow and scale their cybersecurity business. Not only that, she helps them with all aspects of their business. So don't just think of it as one aspect of their business. She's helping MSPs to better perfect their whole business. She is often called the cybersecurity Sherpa. She has created cybersecurity sales and marketing programs. And in fact, we have a special announcement towards the end of our program today to let everybody know about something she's working on, a special project. She's also a speaker and author and a member of the CompTIA Emerging Tech Council. Jennifer, we're so excited to have you as a special guest on the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Welcome, Jennifer.
0: Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here. I appreciate you having me on.
1: Jennifer, this is David. And from time to time when Dan and I are speaking, we'll be sure to announce who's asking you the questions, who's engaging with you so that our audience can keep up with us. But Jennifer, we appreciate the fact that you're here. You're going to share some of your experience, what you're doing to help MSPs in terms of their space, with the organizations they're working with. But in the news, as Dan mentioned, some of these huge giants are paying out millions and millions of dollars with all these data breaches, human errors, and they're not really evolving at the pace that these attackers and hackers are come, are, are evolving with. But what about these smaller SMBs? They believe often, and I can only tell you because I'm a small SMB, <laughs> that they're not the ones being targeted. It's the big ones being targeted. And that cyber attacks only happen with these large conglomerates and these large government agencies. Can you speak to how false this is and
0: what Smaller companies or organizations need to be aware of as well. Yeah. So, so obviously it is, it is false. Um, and, and there is, it's interesting. So many small business owners are like, I I'm just too small. It wouldn't happen to me. The hackers don't want me. I'm not, I'm not targeted by them. Um, and, and that may be true, although statistics prove out elsewhere, but I think we're, we're dealing with a little bit of, it's almost, um, if you, if you kind of look at a teenager driving, they believe that they are invulnerable. They will take chances as a 17 18 20 25 year old that as a 40 year old they would never take because as a 40 year old uh they realize they're not invulnerable they realize that they can't just bounce back from anything um they realize that maybe they're taking risks unnecessarily and so that maturity level is sometimes what we're dealing with is that the larger more mature businesses realize you know there are things that may come at me that I'm not ready for, that I have no idea how to deal with. And, and sometimes when you are a smaller business, you, you feel nimble. You feel like that young 17-year-old kid that nothing can take you down uh, simply because you don't have as much maturity, uh, business maturity under your belt. Uh, the other thing is what we were just talking about. All of these headlines that are newsworthy are the large businesses. It's extremely newsworthy to talk about a pipeline that takes down an entire country or a healthcare system that is down and it's impacting dozens of hospitals. It's not a sizzly headline to say Joe's law firm is down and his 15 employees can't work. Um, It happens every single day, but it's not newsworthy, right? Because what sells is crisis and 15 people not being able to work It's a crisis to those 15 people, but it's not a crisis to the news and the newspaper and the, and the, um, the blogs and the articles. And so there's, there's that perception and and too often perception is reality. If my perception is that only the big companies are getting hacked because that's what's in the news, then that is my reality. And so, you know, I work with MSPs and their reality is that they have to somehow overcome that and convince their clients and prospects that you really are vulnerable, even if you're not seeing it in the news.
1: This is Danny. And I appreciate you bringing that up, Jennifer. I want to, I want to deep dive on that just a little bit more. So we, in our sales training program, we often talk about emphasizing, really understanding who your ideal buyer is, understanding who they are, their title, what they are, but also it allows you to understand them on an emotional level as well. And so we want to make sure you, you sell by being authentic. But one of the things that I think is very important, and I want you to touch base on this as well, is that when I look at a lot of the cybersecurity vendors out there, and there's thousands of them every day popping up, Jennifer, and you know that as well, they all like to preach FUD, right? We all know what this fear and certainty doubt is. But I think when it comes to educating your MSPs, how are you helping them to educate their clients? Are you telling them to adopt the same methodology? Are you telling them to do it more from an industry perspective on how they're being impacted? Give our audience a little bit of a clue on how you actually coach their mindset to have this conversation with their clients.
0: Okay, so there, there are a couple of things. I feel like we could almost park there for for forty five minutes. So I will, I will do my best to keep this concise. Um, I, I want to get a bit of a running start. So one hundred percent of human decisions are made emotionally. Um, the, the challenge in our industry is that the the people that I work with, I also. I'm logical. Like I, I think almost in flowcharts. if this, then that, if not, then this. And so because I think logically um, and my clients think very logically and they love SOPs and they love procedures, um, the challenge is that they often try to sell logically and nobody, nobody buys logically they buy emotionally, and they justify logically. So if we have to sell emotionally, or we have to generate emotion on the part of our prospect, um, and I, I say prospect, it can be client as well, who just hasn't adopted your cybersecurity stack, they are still a prospect for that particular piece, you have to generate emotion. So you can either generate fear, uncertainty, and doubt, or you can generate puppies and kittens and rainbows. Those are both emotions. The challenge is psychologically puppies and kittens and rainbows are not as compelling as fear, uncertainty, and doubt. So there is is a reluctance to generate fear, uncertainty, and doubt. But I think where that's coming from is the desire to not manipulate and to not fear monger. Well, I would argue that fear mongering is trying to get someone to buy your product, your solution, your service based on something that has no chance of happening. And so I don't believe selling cybersecurity is fear mongering. I believe every small business in the world needs a solid real, legit cybersecurity offering. Now, I'm not going to say do whatever it takes to make the sale, but if you have to cause some discomfort, I'm not saying make your prospect cry, but they have to feel, right now I'm at point A and I want to go to point B or or I'm at point A, I don't even know that there's point B uh, as the prospect, you have to let them know they are being underserved. There is danger to their business and to their clients and to their welfare if they don't change. Now, that is technically fear, uncertainty, and doubt, but it doesn't have to be done in a manipulative, icky, slimy, sleazy manner. It's simply a business conversation. Did you know that if this happened, this is what's going to occur? Usually the answer is no. And so you are making them uncomfortable but I would argue that you have to. And so that's certainly part of the equation.
1: And and Jennifer, if I can chime in, this is Danny, by the way, audience, that a lot of MSPs, because of how they built their practice, they're one client away from going out of business. And two, a lot of the small businesses that they service every month, if any one of them is hacked, they also go out of business. So it's not only something that the clients need to understand, this is really crucial for the MSP to understand as well. What do you, what do you think about that,
0: Jennifer? I, I think that's, that's super interesting. You know, it, as we look at the MSP marketplace, what we often see is uh, there's one whale client that is keeping you know, keeping that MSP afloat. What if that one whale client gets hit? Even if you've talked to them, even if you've attempted to close them, it it doesn't matter when when that moment comes where they are hit by a breach or they're hit with a ransomware attack or the FBI storms in their building and takes all of their records, they are never going to blame themselves. They're never going to say, oh, I should have listened to Danny. Not going to happen. Not not in a million years is it going to happen. They're going to blame Danny. They're going to say, well, you should have explained it better. Well, you should have used fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Like, like, you should have made me understand. It's your fault. That's just human psychology, right? And so not only are they one client away, I also think the MSP community really needs to wrap their head around, what am I going to do with all of my clients are hit at once? And would my clients all be hit at once and could I get them all back up if all of my clients were on my preferred cybersecurity stack? And if they were all hit at once, which can still happen, could I get them back up and running quickly? (laughs) Um, And that's, that is more of a threat than a single client being hit because MSPs are a target, right? MSPs are that low hanging fruit for the hacker. Um, And so, so I think that is, is almost more of a concern to me than a single client getting hit.
1: That's a great point, Jennifer. This is David. And I want to ask you to perhaps look at a scenario. A lot of these MSPs are work with companies, and maybe they don't go deep dive into training or offering resources for them to really provide their employees with an understanding about their role, because every single person in that organization can compromise that organization anything from as simple as using the same password over and over again or you know what that email came by and that was kind of intriguing or you know i'm i don't want to feel left out so i got to click that button too so what can organizations do to better prepare their company for potential attack or potential vulnerabilities or what can msps do to offer that or bridge that gap with their clients we'll be right back after this short break We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Live, Love, Thanks. Live, Love, Thanks helps purpose-driven women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs to permanently eliminate clutter and end stress and overwhelm so they can move forward in their careers, relationships, and health. Visit LiveLoveThanks.com for impactful coaching and program professional women. I am delighted to announce that at Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSP Leadership Group. DSP Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSP Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line, podcast, and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast.
0: Okay, so two things. Um, It's interesting. I have this conversation pretty frequently with my clients, and, and they will be expressing to me frustration about... It's it, just something IT related, right? Like they're adding a new employee and they called me today and they want me to come out tomorrow and deploy a, a new machine. And so that's an IT example, but it could just as easily be a cybersecurity example, right? They're reusing passwords. And, and so I always say, well, what have you done to communicate this to them? Like, well, they should know. And I'm like, well, hold on a second. Your client isn't an MSP that's why they hired you. That's why you have a a business and a team is because they're not an MSP. They don't know the things that you and I live and breathe. And we, we laugh about, and we probably have side conversations and maybe even Reddit threads about silly users. And, And I mean, let's face it, users are silly, but what we need to do is step back for a minute and say, what? A, how busy are we? How many balls am I juggling? How many Chrome tabs do I have open? How many crises do I have in a given day where I am simply saying, "Well, I can't deal with all seventeen crises. I will deal with the two most important ones, and the other fifteen get tabled for a week or a month or maybe a year." that is the world that our clients are living in as well. And so the small business owners are juggling as much as you are. They are in crisis as much as you are. They simply don't stop to think about, I should communicate this with them. I have a question. Let me reach out to my MSP and ask a question. They don't think that. Um, And so this communication rhythm simply doesn't happen. So what I encourage my clients to do is to train your employees on how to, or or your, your clients on how to communicate with you. And the best thing to do is quarterly business reviews, QBRs, periodic business reviews, whatever you want to call them. And what I tell my clients to do, so let's pretend like I'm the MSP, hey, Danny, Every quarter, we're going to come out, and I'm going to send you an agenda a week or two ahead of time. I want you to add to that agenda. But what I also want you to do is put a block on your calendar at the time of our quarterly business review and simply call it Agenda with Jennifer. And there's nothing in there today, but as you think of things where you're like, huh, I wonder if I should focus on this. Or I read an article in my industry publication. I want to ask my MSP about that. Or I'm thinking of expanding. I'm thinking of adding a guest Wi-Fi network. I'm thinking of adding an employee. I'm thinking about acquire. I need advice on a software. All of those things. Maybe I want a new phone system. Those things are happening throughout the quarter. I guarantee you, you have to train your clients to create their own little mini agenda so that when you come on, of course you have your agenda, I hope, but they're going, they should have questions as well. If they don't, there's a disconnect. They don't know all of your products and services. They don't know what types of questions they should be asking you. So train your clients on how to communicate with you. And then the other thing I would say is ongoing training. Uh, you, know, you mentioned um, that, that, you know, clicking the link or feeling left out and all of those things. There are some great phishing simulation solutions uh, that you should be using because the only way, there's really only two ways to get experience of what you should and should not click on. The one is, in a fake world and one is in that real world and we've all witnessed the real world where you're you're like just about to click on something it's probably on your phone or you're you know you're you're busy and you're your the phone is ringing and the team needs you maybe the dog is barking especially as we're working from home um and you're just like i just need to get my inbox cleaned out let me just click this real fast and it's very easy to slip into that. And so uh, you get to either train your, your employees and your clients on what they should do because they just made a mistake or you can almost facilitate that mistake by giving them a fake phishing uh, email. And if they click on it, now we can preach at them from a real world scenario.
1: This is Danny, Jennifer, and I appreciate you bringing that up because we we do sell a... What we call a cybersecurity awareness training package, which includes the monthly tests where you can actually get a a test email saying it's from the CEO. So we actually have those packages created that MSPs we sell. Well, one of the things I love how you uh, emphasize is how to train your customers. And if you don't train your customers on how to communicate with you, they will call you Sunday's. They will call you evenings. They will call you during the when, when you're having dinner with your family. A lot of MSPs don't train their customers. They just take calls whenever they want. And they wonder why I don't have a work-life balance. You haven't, trained your, you haven't trained your customers. A second thing that we found statistically is that if you train your customers on the tools that you are telling them to use every day, the tools that they're using, if you train them appropriately, it reduces your support costs by 60%. A lot of MSPs are still taking support calls all day long and wondering, why can I hire more people? Why can I grow? I mean, I'm on the phone all the time It's because you haven't trained your clients. You haven't trained them how to talk to you, how to submit a support ticket with you. You haven't trained them on anything. You just, you're just a person who drops everything at the drop of a hat. And pretty soon you're like that client who just, I got to get through these emails and pretty soon you get hacked. So I really think those are great examples you brought up. And, And Dave, I apologize. I know you were about to say something. Go ahead. No, I love that, Dan. I appreciate it. That's how being twins, we, we think alike and we wanted to kind of capitalize on the same thought process with Jennifer. And I'm glad she brought up training because for me, that's a passion of mine. I want there not to be assumptions. Whenever you make assumptions, that's when vulnerabilities take place. That's when you compromise your companies and you might be thinking you're a small business, so it doesn't make a big deal. But Sally, John, they go home And they don't want to be compromised in their own home systems. They don't want to be compromised in their own bank accounts. But yet they can forget that at the company level that that can happen there as well. So I appreciate Jennifer making that point that training needs to take place. And we can't make assumptions. MSPs have to be trained on how to get in there and set up consistencies, set up the quarterly, monthly tests, whatever uh, might be. And that really, to me, is how they add more value in their role to those clients. Wouldn't you say that, Jennifer?
0: Yeah, and let me let me actually also put in a little bit of a parenthesis. I want to take just a quick departure from cybersecurity for just a second because we all talk about you know birds of a feather flock together, right? Mm. So so what if your you go back and you look at your tickets from the year and you say, man, we're getting a lot of questions about Teams, and I'm just going to pick Trello, right? So and neither one of which are are necessarily difficult for us. But if you are getting like, how do I add a user or how do I create a meeting in Teams? Apparently I can do a meeting in Teams. I don't know how to do that. If you're getting a lot of questions about Teams and Trello, let's just pick that, um, two pretty mainstream applications. Is it possible that you could add to your content calendar doing videos or doing blogs on Teams and Trello? Not from a cybersecurity standpoint, just from a usability standpoint and you are what you're doing is you're saying hey if my clients are having questions about teams and trello i bet there's a couple of dozen clients or prospects in my area who are also using teams or trello and who these things might be helpful for them what you're doing is you're getting in front of your target audience you're starting to hone in on not a list that you could purchase from a list broker. It's not a necessarily a psychographic. I mean, technically it's a demographic, but I guarantee you can't buy a list of Trello users that have between 10 and 50 computers, but you are attracting them with the correct bait by saying, hey, I'm speaking your language. I'm talking about Teams. I'm talking about Trello. I'm talking about Zoom. I'm talking about like what your tickets are showing are the issues that your ideal prospects have. I know that has nothing to do with cybersecurity, but absolutely has to do with marketing and phishing in the right place.
1: Great point, Jennifer. This is David again. I love that that idea to say, let's go back and look at what tickets we've had to respond to, because that might be a better indicator what each of those specific clients need support in, what they're going to be helping going forward. I want to I ask this question because I think it's interesting Dan brought up in the intro before he, he, he invited you onto the stage that not only have we seen some incredibly huge organizations hit last year, he mentioned the, the advantage, or at least the opportunities that existed for these hackers that, that came as a result of the health pandemic, and how it was an estimated 20 billion dollars were lost in the impact of revenues, lawsuits ransom that were paid in the year 2020 alone. I can't imagine what it's going to be for 2021. So this has caused a lot of organizations to shift to more of a hybrid model, work from home model. There's more of this remote uh, access and and you've got the maybe secure, unsecure remote environments. What have you done to try to help your MSPs to navigate that uh, choppy waters, so to speak, because I know that some of the companies might be larger than than others that they support, but but what have you done to try to help them understand that there could either be an advantage to add more value here or really to set up their uh, clients for better success in this time of the health pandemic?
0: So it's interesting. It almost goes back to the same thing as before, is, is to not make assumptions and to mm. communicate with your users. Um, to to commiserate with them, walk a mile in their shoes, right? Like I I know you're probably working from your dining room table with your kid doing virtual school over your shoulder and the dog barking and the delivery person ringing the doorbell. Because of that, here are three things you need to be aware of. And, And then you're like, you know, don't click a link. Um, and maybe there are additional protections you need to put in place for the home Wi-Fi. Maybe it's set up a separate Wi-Fi for for just when you are working. Um, you, you know, talk talk to them where they are, uh, because they are they need that advice. Again, they they are not MSPs, right? So, so we we would probably maybe chuckle or perhaps be horrified at the security situation of our clients when they're working from home, help them, help them fix that, like like bring it to their attention. Like, okay, we are, we are past the point where we're in survival mode. I mean, we're still trying to figure out this new normal, but we've been in this new normal long enough that we've gotten our sea legs. Let's address security. Because we can't just do business as usual and assume we're not going to get hacked. We can't do that. That's not that. That's it's unconscionable. Uh, that's one of the things that I, I teach in my clients is that you have a duty and an obligation to your clients and your prospects, to your community, to your chamber, to your BNI group, to educate them, to let them know business as usual like you were doing two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, simply is not what you should be doing.
1: This is Danny. And I appreciate you bringing that up, Jennifer. It is, it is just amazing how this applies to all industries, not just because everyone's going through this issue, working from home. Everyone has a stuff that's going on. I love how you say walk a mile in your client's shoes. That's that's so important to be able to have empathy. And Dave and I talk about that empathy all the time. Now, uh, Now there's this, this thing that you have, and I want to do a segment real quick, uh, that you state that you help your clients achieve a 60% closing rate on managed security contracts in just eight weeks. Now, you have a three-step sales process, a methodology process that you've created in order to make sure owner stays focused during this process. Uh, we don't have to go all in-depth in it today, but I want to let our audience know Uh, Can you give a little insight on that program because we want to get them excited about it. So can you tell the audience a little bit more about your three-step process and how you keep owners focused during this process?
0: Yes, yeah, so the three step process it, it is based on my favorite sales book ever, uh, which is Gap Selling by Keenan. Um, I I feel like I should get a little you know dollar every time he sells a book because it it as I, I and I listened to it. I have now kind of skimmed it, but I listened to it, and as I was listening to it, I'm like this is perfect for technology sales and IT sales and managed security. It's perfect. Um, Now, here is how I explain his book. This is not his words. This is um, Jennifer used to be a teacher, and so she thinks in in a little bit of rhyminess. Um, And and that helps me when I'm in a sales situation. It gives me muscle memory to be able to say, okay, where am I now? Have I done these three steps? So um, these are not sequential. These are kind of the, the three ingredients you should have in a sales Um, in a sales uh, process or a sales meeting. Um, The first one is to reveal that there is a gap. We kind of talked about this. You're at point A. I want to bring you to point B. You didn't even know that point B existed. Maybe you were mildly unhappy. I know that you should be almost furious. And so, so I have to reveal to you that there is a gap. And that's what discovery is all about. Revealing to the client, to the prospect, that there's a gap. So that's the first step, reveal the gap. The second one is feel the gap. Um, Again, got to generate those emotions. People make decisions emotionally. So we have revealed the gap. We are going to help them feel the impact of that gap, feel the implications to their business, the implications to their role if they don't make a change. So that's feel the gap. And then it's the part that everybody likes. Um, And that's why everybody Googles, how do I close the sale, which is to heal that gap. Um that's, that's the part that that the tendency is to run to that third step as quickly as possible uh, after we've vomited features, not benefits, all over our prospect. And we say, we can help you. Do you want to buy my whiz bang widget plan? It's the platinum, blah, blah, blah. And it's only $300 a seat. Will you buy it for me? Ha, ha, ha. And, and obviously, I don't think anybody is quite at that. I hope nobody is quite at that stage. Um, but we all want to get to that. I want to close the sale. I want to help. It's not necessarily because I'm wanting to to hear the cash register ring. I have a genuine desire to want to help. That's where most of the IT pros are. They genuinely want to help. They see there's a problem. They're horrified. They've been through a ransomware attack with a client or a prospect. They don't want that to happen to you. They're passionate. Their heart's in the right place but they rush to that close. They are ready for the prospect to buy well before the prospect is ready to buy. And so those are the three steps. Um, Now, how I keep my clients engaged is is the way that you see me on this podcast is the way I show up for my clients. So um, I am very engaging. I'm very excited. Um, I only work with clients that I can help. And so I'm like, okay, let's get this done. You know, we've got a handful of weeks. This time is going to fly. Let's get you to success as fast as we possibly can. And because I'm working only with MSPs that I know I can help, I'm like, let's go, let's show up, let's get this fixed. Um, And, and the, the excuses, shall we say, tend to take a back seat because they're like, oh, okay. Jennifer has confidence that I can do this. Uh, I'm going to borrow Jennifer's confidence and I'm going, I'm going to blaze trail. We're going to get this figured out. Now, Don't miss that because as an MSP who is talking to a prospect, sometimes that prospect needs to borrow your confidence as an MSP, just like my clients sometimes borrow my confidence, just like I sometimes borrow confidence from my coach. and And I would say, are you sure I can really pull this off? And he's like, trust me, I would not leave you wrong. You can do this. So I'm like, all right, what's the first step? And so I make that first step and the second step and the third step because I'm borrowing confidence from my coach. So apply that to your sales calls. But that's what I do with my clients is I let them borrow my confidence. And it's so funny because I I know from a marketing standpoint that the best testimonials that I have, the ones that are the most compelling to my prospects are the ones that say, she helped me close deals and she helped me create leads, all of which I do. But the ones that mean the most to me, the ones that that honestly make me a little bit teary when I'm reading them are the ones where someone says, Jennifer gave me the confidence to go close a sale. Those are the ones that I can't... I can't put on a thermometer and I can't, you know, I can't measure those, but those are the ones that get me excited every single day because that confidence sells. And if I can instill confidence in my clients because they have a good stack, I don't instill confidence in you if you've got a garbage offering. I I won't work with you if you have a garbage offering. Um, That is doing everybody a disservice. Um, You should not have confidence if you're like, hey, I'm going to sell this Antivirus that I bought from Best Buy, is that good? Is that a cybersecurity stack? No, it's not. And no, I, yes, I can help you. But if you're not willing to change and that you want me to teach you to have confidence in your Best Buy AV, I can't do that. I won't. I probably could, but I won't. I won't do it because I have to look myself in the mirror. So that's, that's my, my framework. And then how I do it is we just move fast. (laughs)
1: Dan, this is Dave. I love that. And it's such a great point you make that confidence is, to me, the key to having a successful sales team, partner strategy program, what have you. But you've got to have integrity behind that confidence as well. And I love that about what you're doing, that you're not just going to take on any Joe Schmo client. You want to work with the MSPs that understand the value of having incredible solutions, that they can provide for their clients, and then they need to learn from you. And that's the great thing I say about speaking, because that's what my niche is as a public speaking coach, is you feed off the energy of the people you're speaking with, and they feed off of you. So if you go in there with a lack of confidence, of course, you should expect that in return. But what I want to go back to is, Jen, you talked about your three-step process, reveal there's a gap. Sometimes you, you you don't really know if you can sell them something unless they can see it. They've got to be able to understand the, the pain. they are got to understand the vulnerabilities that they have. And then the feel the gap. You, you, you can't make a sell if they don't understand that it's going to have implications and impact them directly. And the best way to do that is ask a ton of questions. Like you said, yes. don't assume. The more questions you can ask, the better you're going to be able to say, Here's what's going on. You can't just give an aspirin for an open flesh wound, right? You've got to appropriately apply by asking the right questions. And that's why it's so important. And then we all will get to the last part, which is to heal the gap when we're celebrating, when we're giving each other high fives. But before you get there, don't shortchange yourself by not asking enough questions to reveal what's really going on. And the more you ask, the more they're going to champion the right solution, the more they're going to get excited about what you're providing. So I just want to say, I love that. It's very simple. It's easy to follow, but I love it. Reveal, heal, feel, and heal. Um, I want to ask you something about <laughs> the importance of adding this solution or this type of service for MSPs that you're coaching, MSPs that you're training. How important is it for them to start offering if they don't already have a cybersecurity solution package within their practice? We will be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jakovic of pauljakovic.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jakovic. That's Paul. J-A-C-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z dot com. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses. Professionals and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a particular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit elitepublicimage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now,
0: let's get back to the episode.
1: Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast.
0: I would argue that it should be a now priority. Um, Man, I'm trying to picture in my head an IT professional who is truly a professional. uh, I mean, there, there are always dabblers, but I am assuming we're let's put the dabblers in their own category. If they're dabbling and they, they just want to have four clients and they, they, they just want, um, you know, a lifestyle business, maybe they're helping people from their community or their church or their bowling league. So if we table those organizations just for a minute and, and we're talking about true, business owners who typically started because they had a heart to help people. Everyone needs to be selling cybersecurity. Everyone, everyone needs to be offering cybersecurity. And if you're going to offer cybersecurity, it is not inexpensive to you, which means you are 100% justified in charging appropriately for that service. So if you're not offering cybersecurity now, Figure it out, figure out your stack, your packaging, your pricing, how to message it, how to sell it, how to sell it to your existing clients, how to sell it to new clients. It should not be optional. It should not be it or it should be it or leave it. It's kind of like if I went to a dealership and said, I'd like to buy that car, but I don't want analog brakes. It comes with analog brakes. Like maybe you think you'll never use them. I can't take them off, like it's part of the car. And and guess what? The first time I try to go around a turn and those analog brakes kick in because there's gravel or there's ice or what have you, I'm gonna be really glad I have those analog brakes and that my salesperson at the dealership refused to take them off because it's a part of a valid vehicle. So look at your, your offer that way because if you're not offering cybersecurity, you're gambling that that client is always going to do everything right, is never going to make a mistake, is never going to reuse a password, is never going to click a phishing email, is never going to get hacked from the outside, and the list goes on. And and that is not the world we live in. So I would argue it, it is probably the most important thing you should be working on today. If you don't have it, um, you know one of one of my mentors talks about this concept that you should. Um you should work on your, your cash flow first, then you work on your investments. And to me, it's a very similar analogy. Don't go try to get net new managed services clients if you haven't figured out your managed security, uh, because you're, you're really digging yourself a hole because what you're going to close that new managed sec- managed services client in the next quarter, you're going to say, I need to double your rate than what you signed for three months ago. That's a little awkward. Get your security figured out now. Then you can work on your managed services and security all bundled together in one nice package and market that.
1: This is Danny. I love how you just put it all together, Jennifer, and it's wrapping it up together. It's your bundle. I also love the analogy about how you say, well, I don't need this, but then if you get into a car accident because you don't have the analog brakes, which is just part of the package, and we see this every day where an MSP will come in. They don't have a bundle package. They don't have a bundle solution. They present their customer and their client with all the things they're going to do. And the client says, well, I don't want this. I don't need this. I don't need that to try to get a lower price. And the MSP is subset. So you're working with your managed service providers. You're working on making sure they have the right package built out. Talk about that mindset real quick about how you, first of all, have to convince them. Yes. To have the right mindset. And then it's easier for them to convince their clients. But talk about how you help that MSP, because this is what we deal with every day. Like 99% of my day is just dealing with the client's mindset. When I say client, the MSP's mindset. So tell our audience today how you deal with that, these business owners and help them so that they can ultimately help their clients.
0: Yeah. So so the first thing is um, the MSP who says, I'm not a salesperson. Um, and that, that happens a lot. Uh, or a team member who says, well, I've never been in sales before, right? And so so the more times we're like, I'm not good at sales. I'm not good at sales. I'm not good at sales. Well, I don't want to sell if I'm not good at it, right? It would be like, why in the world would I ever spend time studying sales, reading sales, getting coaching from sales if I have convinced myself I'm not good at sales? So that that's the first mindset shift is, um, y- you actually are a salesperson. Now, you may not be good at it today, but you're a salesperson. I, I would argue, um, and I'm riding on Robert Hershevek's coattails here. He says everybody in the organization until you're at, I think, 250 people, um, which is probably everyone listening to this podcast, everyone on your team is a salesperson. Hmm. Have I gotten everyone on my team sales training? Have I gotten everyone on my team copywriting and marketing training? I haven't. So that's my fail as a leader. But everybody on your team needs to be a salesperson. And if I'm working with the owner, which is the norm, that's probably 80% of the time, or I'm working with a team member, I will gently, the first time, not so gently, the second time, I'll call, that, call their attention. I call them out the second time. But the first time I call their attention to the fact that, do you hear yourself? That's about the seventh time in three weeks that you've said, I'm not a salesperson. Do you understand the value of your language? When you, when you say, I'm not, I'm not a good wife. Well, guess what? I'm going to show up as not a good wife because I just said it. And when I say it, my, my brain believes that that's what I want and that's Resistance. what it's supposed to deliver to me. Resistance. And so I'm not a good wife. Why am I not a good wife? Because I just said, I'm not a good wife. And so That's a mindset shift is to start to say, I'm not the best salesperson in the world yet, or I'm not a great salesperson, but I'm getting better every day, or I didn't have a sales process, but I have some kind of a sales process now, or I'm not good at following my sales process, but I'm going to do this piece in this sales call, or um, this was mine, Okay, Jennifer, you big dummy, you walked out of a sales call yet again and didn't schedule a network audit. Guess what I'm going to do next time? I'm going to schedule a network audit. Now, if you want to call me on it say you just said you're a big dummy, I don't say that. I only said that for purposes of the podcast, right? So I don't call myself a dummy. I don't, I'm, I try to be very, very careful with my language. The majority of us, it's like 80 or 90% of us have a conversation in our head where we're, we're kind of talking to ourselves all day long. I want to talk to people who don't have that conversation in the head and find out how they did it because they are the minority. So most people, um, you do have a conversation in your head, be careful what you're saying because you will believe yourself. Um, And so that's the first thing is, is that mindset of stop saying I'm not a salesperson. Um, stop saying sales is slimy, sales is evil, sales is icky. Um, it's not. Sales is amazing. And nothing happens in your business until you make a sale. So that's the biggest thing that I do with mindset is adjusting languaging around how you are identifying yourself and how how you're talking to yourself. Jennifer, this is David. And Love I'm going to tell you, I'm Love I'm it. getting,
1: yes, Dan, we're excited. We're both sitting here going, go ahead. I, I can bring this in because I'm a minister. I, I wanted to just say, preach, Jennifer, because it was just <laughs> getting so excited here. I'm, I, wanna, I want our listening audience right here to hold on to what Jennifer said. She said, do you understand the value of your language? You've got to shift your self-talk. You've got to start believing in what you're saying. If you so, believe that you're going to be incredible, you're going to live that way. You're going to get that behavior to follow your mindset. Jennifer, I was getting excited. And by the way, I've heard you speaking at different events. I've seen you online. I said, Jennifer knows the power of her language.
0: She it's interesting. I, I journal. I, I just bought myself a, an electronic journal because I journal just about every morning. I I've had it as a habit and man, those things that are easy to do are also easy not to do. And I fell out of the habit in in a couple of months back. And then I got COVID and there, there was no habits being formed during COVID. And so I am I am trying to get back on that habit of, of journaling every morning. And, and it's it, for me it is very much about reminding myself of who I am it is reminding my whether you call them affirmations or you call them truth statements or whatever you want to call them and, and reminding myself of my why and reminding myself of of who I was created to be um, and, and that is what journaling does it forces me to slow down and hear the thoughts that are happening in my head that I don't stop and think about. And so the act of writing slows you down and kind of lets those inner thoughts out. Um, And and sometimes the inner thoughts are, I didn't even know I was thinking that. Really? I'm struggling with this or I'm not sure about that. And then my, my little trick is that I journal, okay, Jennifer, if you were coaching an MSP, what is it that you would tell that MSP? And I usually have the answer but if i bury those those the voices in my head which are me if i bury them and i don't give them voice um, they, they, I, I call it my bratty five-year-old in my head. They just start to get louder and louder and louder. And we've all seen it in a in a supermarket, right? Mommy, I want a candy bar. Mommy, I want a candy bar. Mommy, I want a candy. And you're like, oh my word, parent, would you please do something with that child? Like buy him the, I'll buy him the candy bar, right? So the goal isn't to get the, the child to shut up. Um, in my case, my, the goal is to understand what is my inner child saying? Uh, why is my inner child doubting the ability to whatever? Or why is, why is Jennifer not showing up? What, what are those voices in our head saying that are generally not true? They are lies. And it's like, I can actually journal, wow, the reason I didn't prospect yesterday is because I didn't want someone to hang up on me and scream at me. Well, first of all, that very rarely happens. So that's kind of illogical, right? But as humans, we make decisions emotionally. And so it isn't logical, but it's emotional. And so I can journal, okay, it doesn't happen very often. So that wasn't, didn't make a lot of sense. But what if it did happen? Would it be the end of the world? No. Would you survive? You would. What would you do? You'd hang up, you'd sigh, you'd roll your eyes. And then, because I know you, Jennifer, because I am you, you know, remember I'm journaling to myself. I'll pick up the phone and call the next person. And now it's in the past, which I can't control and I can't change. So you let yourself not do an action that you knew would impact your business and your life because of something that doesn't matter, that wouldn't impact your business or your life. It makes complete no sense. So let's not repeat that habit again today. And so that's where journaling is for me. It, it is a way for me to, to fix my, my crazy brain and, and just to, to give my bratty five-year-old a chance to say your piece, ask for your candy bar. Now I get to be the adult and say, no, suck it up and prospect anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, love it. Jennifer, this is David again. And I, I'm gonna tell our audience right now, Jennifer's got a book coming out in March and Dan and are gonna have her back on to specifically talk about her book. But before she does that, I want to ask her to give us at least a little snippet of her book. The book is called Simplified Cybersecurity Sales for MSPs. And why this is so amazing is that what Jennifer does, what Dan does, and what I do, we all kind of complement each other. I help MSPs become better communicators and to be able to take that stage with confidence. And you're doing that. And our first book is actually going to be coming around a little before that, Jennifer. And it's a book on how to really become a great speaker and how to take that stage. So can you tell us a little bit without going too much into the book? Because we want our audience to come back on to listen to when you uh, are back onto the program. Simplified cybersecurity sales for MSPs.
0: Okay, so I'm very, very excited. I was challenged to write a book. Um, it took me a couple weeks longer than I thought. Um, it was I thought it would be a 12 week process. It has been more like a 15 week process and that's okay again if we go back to mindset like that's not a fail oh i i published a book oh oh no it took me longer than i wanted it to okay but i published a book like i'm I published a book, so um, it is simplified cybersecurity sales. It, it, it weaves through sales fundamentals and some sales, you know, sales basics, if you will, that and how they apply to the cybersecurity world. And then we even get into some more advanced topics. And so uh, we 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 touch on mindset a little bit. That maybe I should write a chapter and make that be a bonus chapter. Um, I don't touch on mindset a whole whole lot in the book, um, but I do unpack my three step sales methodology. Uh, we talk about objection handling. That is always a hot topic. Um, and we, we talk about how to have that sales conversation without feeling slimy and sleazy. And so um, I do have a wait list. I'll remind you to buy the book in launch week. If you want to go to mspsalesrevolution.com slash wait list, uh, literally give me your first name, your email address. And then I will remind you uh, the morning that the book comes out. It comes out March 4th. That happens to be my birthday. So on my birthday, I am launching my book and giving it to a whole lot of MSPs and then there are going to be some special bonuses and some special um, secrets that are still to be released. And so, yeah, that's that's my book. I'm very, very excited about it. I appreciate you bringing it up. So mspsalesrevolution.com waitlist. Um, and then I'll remind you on March 4th to go and get the book. Um, it'll be on Amazon, physical or ebook and some special goodies that go along with it.
1: This is Danny. That is awesome. So you heard it here first, everyone. Don't forget on Jennifer's birthday, make it a special birthday for her and pre-order her book. But I'm really excited about, and I, and I just really want to say uh, we are really excited. If you want to learn more about Jennifer, there's multiple ways you can find out about her. One, go to her website, MSP Sales Revolution. Number two, follow her on LinkedIn. Number three, she has a huge Facebook community with a, a lot of managed service providers in that community. I'm actually one of the honored members that she allowed to be part of her s community as well. And then number four, if you go to a lot of the conferences and trade shows, you'll probably see her there. She loves to travel. So I'm assuming that right now she wants to get out of certain weathers to get in other weather patterns. And that means going on a plane or getting on a train and going on a trip. So if you're an MSP, these are the four big ways that you can get in touch with her. You can find out about her. And if you want to get any more insights, like I said, March 4th, make it a special birthday for her and get her buck. Jennifer, on behalf of my identical twin brother, David Brown and I, we're so grateful to have you on the Twins Talk It Up podcast. And we actually look forward to having you come back again in the future to give people more insights on your newly published book that's coming out. Thank you. Very I love much. it.
0: Thank you again for the opportunity. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSP Leadership and visit us online at dsbleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.